Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in day three of reading about forgiveness and hope. And before we get started, let's of course open with a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you today. I thank you for the many blessings you've bestowed upon me. I'm grateful for what you've done and for all that you've shown us. I thank you that you have opened my heart, you've touched my spirit, and you've helped me understand more of what you're all about. And I pray today that you would speak through these words, that you would be the one that is heard, and that we would listen to you closely, and our spirits would be strengthened, our minds and our hearts would be strengthened, but so would all our resolve and our will. I pray, Father, that our will would be your will and that we would recognize the power that we have when we ask things in your name that are within your will. I'm so grateful for being your child, and I just pray that this time would bring you honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today, we're going to be in um, a lot of different locations, but actually not too many different books. So for, for, the, get for the forgiveness portion, we're going to be reading Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And it's actually going to be including the Lord's Prayer. So I think um, that's, a, that's just a great place, great, great starting point. But also, we're f- going to be f- in 1 Peter 1, 1 through 5, 21, and then 1 Peter 3, 15, Psalm 46, 1 through 3, and Psalm 90, 13 through 16 for hope. So we have one set of chapter or one set of verses for forgiveness, and we've also got a number of uh, verses for hope. But before we get there, I wanted to just cover off on something that I read from A.W. Tozer. As you can tell, I really like this guy. (laughs) And so I just want to quickly read a few paragraphs. It's actually just two paragraphs from him. And it's about persistence. Because persistence is critical when you're talking about forgiveness and hope. Israel allowed themselves to settle down and become contented with circumstances that were all right, but which could and did break their spirit of adventure and cause them to accept the status quo as being the final for them. So they just accepted kind of where they were at and they became comfortable. They basically, they were in their comfort zone. Every once in a while through the prophet, through a prophet, an apostle or a psalmist, God stretches out his hand and tries to arouse his people from their sleep. Somebody once said that man is made of dust and dust tends to settle. I read that and just like, yeah, it's so true. Uh, I find myself settling so often. People tend to settle down and do the same things year in and year out, slowly going around in a circle. When When this gets into religion, it is deadly and evil. The majority of Christians are asleep and in a spiritual rut. Sometimes Christians who realize they are in a rut put pressure on others to adopt their point of view. But even if if truth does not convince and persuade a man or a woman, 
Nobody has the right to set a, a psychological squeeze on someone else. So let me just reread that. The majority of Christians are asleep and in a spiritual rut. Sometimes Christians who realize they are in a rut put pressure on others to adopt their viewpoint. It's pretty much the crab theory, right? You put a bunch, you put one crab in a bucket, it scurries out. You put a bunch, you put one or you put two crabs in there, you put one more and the other crab pulls the other one. Neither can get out. So it's really, um, it's really the, uh, the crab theory. But even if truth does not convince and persuade a man or woman, nobody has the right to set up a psychological squeeze on someone else. If people yield under pressure, it shows that they are too weak to resist. If they are too weak to resist, and if they take a religious position because they are too weak to resist, they will also be too weak to, pers to persist. When we follow Christ, there must be persistence. We must go on. So, I really like this in conjunction with the forgiveness and hope. Because persistence is required in all things if you want to do it and do it well. It's required in relationships, sports, business, and your walk with God. Sometimes I, I know I don't always feel like I'm forgiven or like I feel like forgiving, but I have to because I have to follow the commitments or the commands of, of Jesus. At times I don't feel like I have much hope. I've been hopeless before. But despite that, it didn't mean that the promises in the Bible weren't true. They just, what it really meant is they weren't burned onto my heart and I wasn't holding fast to them. But just because I didn't feel it and I didn't feel like forgiving or I didn't feel the hope doesn't mean that I wasn't forgiven by God. And it doesn't mean I didn't have the hope or the hope of what is to come that God has put in place. It just meant I didn't feel it. So that's when I have to persist. There's even times when I feel like in this podcast, why am I doing it? I don't, don't know. I don't feel like it. I don't feel that it's hugely beneficial at times. But I do it because every time I pray about it, God says, do it. So I do it. I persist. And it's when we persist, when we're persisting and obeying God's command and waiting expect, expectantly on the Holy Spirit, that's when we are actually obeying and we're actually demonstrating our love, our commitment to him. It's easy to do it when everything's good. It's hard to do it when it's not. So with that... I'm going to just go ahead and get us into the forgiveness and why we should forgive. And it's in Matthew 6, verse 5, we start. And when you pray, do not pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So pretty heavy there, right? I mean, we have to forgive, even when we don't feel like it. Forgiveness is a pretty challenging topic at times, and that's why I try to read it all a lot, or read about it, and remind myself what God has to say, and what I need to do, because at times I really just don't feel very forgiving. So with that, um, I do my best at forgiving others and moving on. And actually, when I, f I feel like when I say I do my best, it's really a cop-out, because there's an out. It means, hey, I'm doing my best, but I don't always succeed. So I get convicted by this, and this, this chapter and this reading, um, and I just need to read it all the time to rem remind myself that I've been forgiven of everything and I need to forgive others. So with that, let's move on to hope. We're in now in first Peter chapter one, verse one, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God elect exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. So, if you believe in Jesus and you've accepted him into your life, you are chosen by God. You are sanctified according to him, by him, by Jesus' sacrifice. I mean, we are his kid, and there's a lot of hope in that. Verse 3, Praise be to God, the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So it's a living hope. It's not just like, oh, one-time thing. It's always and forever. We're brought into the family of Christ, the family of God. We have his mercy, his great mercy. He's given us a new life, a new life in hope. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. So our inheritance never goes away, never gets old, never loses its strength. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So you've got salvation. You have an inheritance from God in heaven. Again, just because we don't feel all full of hope doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It just means we're looking at our circumstances and not at what God has stored for us and the promises he's made. So let's move on to 1 Peter 1, 21. This is a very short one. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead 
and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. So, again, the creator of the universe is who we have faith and hope in. He knows every hair on your head. And he is our hope. I mean, way better than putting your hope in a person. Right? I mean, God is there, loves us. He's given us an inheritance. And our faith and hope is in him. Next is 1 Peter three fifteen. But in your hearts receive or in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. Why do you have any hope? Your life sucks. I have hope for a better life and a better future and eternity because of God. I am his child. He's got an inheritance for me. And he loves me. And I am in the palm of his hand being carried by him. Next, we're going to read Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. So it doesn't matter what's going on around us on earth. The whole world could be falling apart. But God is our refuge and strength. And he's always there to help in troubles. It's pretty powerful. Lastly, we're in Psalm 90, 13 through 60, 16. Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, as for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. So for as many days that we've had challenges, there's going to be more that are better. God loves us and he will show us how to and give us reasons for singing for joy. But the reality is he's already given us that. I know it's tough. Uh, like I said, you, most of you know that my employment situation was a challenge. It took longer than I thought it would. It was getting scary. But the glory of it was I did this podcast and I started reading every day in the Bible. I committed my life back to him. And my soul became stronger. My spirit became much more in tune with God. It's not there yet. Trust me. I'm just, I'm just a guy. And I still struggle every day. But this was a great journey to be on. And I'm so thankful with where he placed me. And so, yeah, it was scary. It was nerve-wracking. I couldn't sleep at times. But I still felt like, and I believed that I needed to do this podcast every day. I needed to read every day and be persistent and that he would give me the right role and position for my future and for my job. So there's a lot of hope there. It's not always felt. It's not always seen, but it is there. And the promises are here 
And the promises are from God, the creator of the universe. So I don't know who else you want to promise from. That would be better. There is no one. So with that, I'm just going to wrap this up. We're into 16 minutes. We're going a little bit over. So Lord God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the way you've spoken to us, for the hope that we have in you and the forgiveness that you've given us. And I just pray that we would be able to walk through the doors each and every day of forgiving others, that we would think of who we've, who we have anything against, who has harmed us or who's we've harmed. And I just pray that forgiveness would reign in our lives just as it reigns from you to us. And I thank you for the hope that you've given us with your word through the resurrection of your son, for loving us and adopting us. As the prodigal son was told, or the, the son that stayed home when the prodigal went away, God, uh, the father told him, you have access to everything of mine. That means we have ex- access to everything of yours, Lord. And I'm grateful for that. I know that you're the one in charge. And I just pray you'd walk with us and hold us tight. And may we be persistent and consistent in our walk and our days with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Have a great day.